Kyler Murray watch enters week two. So is this the week he makes his return? Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Danny believes the answer is yes. Me? Not so much. Also, it would appear Buda Baker's return has helped settle down the secondary. First, though, Danny's Dilemma. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 690, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Let's see if we can't help Danny, because you did ask for help last night, did you not? Yes. Okay. Now, some background background here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because we have a history, not we, you have a history of speaking things into existence, as you've done several times so far this Cardinals season. But there was a tweet dated February 15th, 2023. At 8.17 (laughs) a.m. I do my research here, Danny. At 8.17 a.m. on the morning of February 15th, 2023, Danny tweeted, quote, think I'm going to try to like watching baseball this year. Danny, not only did you watch, you followed, you attended games. You are at game three of the NLCS, a win, by the way. So as we sit here on this Wednesday following Game 7, and congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks for making it to the World Series, we have to ask, because there was a second tweet last night, quote, who do I cheer for? I don't think there's a question who you should be cheering for, Danny Sarek. When I saw Mark Dalton earlier this afternoon out on the practice field with our media relations department... I was talking to him and I said, are you planning on going to the Diamondbacks game? And then he said, ah, it doesn't go unnoticed. You said Diamondbacks game and not the Rangers game. Oh, I see what he did there. It's a bit of a dilemma. Um, Rangers are are my hometown team. There you go. Um, And I'll say this. When we had this discussion before the season started, you did mention that you were going to have a National League team and an American League team. And who knew that I yeah. I knew so well what I was talking about there. Um, Rangers are my hometown team. So, of course, I grew up, you know, watching some of the games. I actually worked two or three seasons with the Rangers when I was with a network um, back home. But I didn't grow up like a diehard Rangers fan. I will say I have had a ton of fun cheering for the Diamondbacks since I have been out here. Whether it's watching on TV, being at the games in person, they have been so much fun so it's hard to choose I feel like since I'm living out here I need to lean a little bit more into the Diamondbacks because I'm not this huge Rangers fan and I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not however I I do think part of me would be happy either way because even if the Rangers won that's my family and friends back home celebrating my family and friends going to parade however if the Diamondbacks win I would obviously shove it in their face so (laughs) Really a win-win for me. All right. But I will say, go Diamondbacks. Have you embraced the chaos? Absolutely. Okay, then the decision has been made. Okay, decision's been made. So regardless of what happens, what the outcome is, you will either be happy yes, or you will be sad. 
Okay. <laughs> trying here. I'm trying. Because what I'll we... be happier, happier. No, it doesn't work that way. Because <laughs> what you do not want to have happen, and this is foreshadowing on a later episode of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, is you do not want to be our colleague, Zach Gershman, who is a diehard Philadelphia Phillies fan, now working here with the Arizona Cardinals and has been taking major heat since Tuesday night. You know what? If Kyler Murray can tweet to the D-backs to take it all the way against his hometown team, maybe I'll just ride the coattails of Kyler and I will also officially be cheering for the Diamondbacks. I see what you did there. I'm so sorry. My dad is for sure (laughs) going to be listening to this. Sorry, Dad. It's okay. It's all right. I think you'll be okay. You are the favorite, so I think... This won't hurt too much. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. I see what you did there by the the way uh, mentioning Kyler Murray. Good segue. Thank you. Now, did not happen last week. Question is, does it happen this week? The Cardinals have opened up a roster spot, have they not, Craig? They have. Why am I (laughs) the only person in this building? I will say Kyle Deroney, our videographer, producer, is also on the same side as me. I think it's just the two of us. Paul Calvisi was leaning towards it a little in Cardinals Underground. He's Switzerland. He's Switzerland. I'm starting to feel like almost gaslit as to why I'm the only one that believes there's a chance Kyler Murray can make his return Sunday at State Farm Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens. If he is fully healthy, we've been told from Jonathan Gannon that he's been full go at practice. Great. If he feels fully healthy and mentally feels ready to go out there and trust that knee, why wait? I understand that you want to get as many practice reps as you can for him to truly feel comfortable, not just physically, but also understanding the scheme and really having that chemistry and the connection with his receivers out there. Kyler Murray is still your best chance to win a game. That's not a knock on Josh Dobbs. That's just saying the type of athlete and quarterback that Murray is. I would say that you can go out there, have significant amount of plays at his disposal, maybe not everything, maybe don't put Kyler under center as often because that would be a new part of the game to his career, have him in the shotgun a little more. Don't have as many design run plays as you would like maybe in, in the next few weeks, but have enough out there to where he could still lead this team to success. I think that if Kyler is is feeling healthy enough to go out there, he still gives you your best chance to win a game. This is week two. So in week two, on Wednesday's practice, during the limited amount that we did see, it was about 20 minutes, did you see anything different than a week ago that would lead you to believe that Kyler Murray is going to be activated and play on Sunday? Don't set me up like that, Craig, because you know that in the open portion for the media that they're purposely not going to show anything different to try and show their cards with Kyler. So no, I I didn't, right? He was still throwing to practice squad receivers. I did like that he was uh, running through some play action with quarterback's coach, Izzy Wolfork. That's who was. That was his running back in that scenario. Um, So no, we didn't see anything different than we did the previous week. But truthfully, I don't know that we will in that open portion. I think we will. And the only way that you would know is when the quarterbacks go out and they're at the start of their position work. Who are they taking snaps from? That's what I've been paying attention to. And once again, this week, it was Keith Ishmael, your backup guard, that was snapping to Kyler Murray. Yelda Froholt, 
snapping to Josh Dobbs. That's the only thing, to your point, no, we're not going to know because we don't see any 11-on-11. But that would be the only indication that I can think of. All right, maybe this is the week that Kyler Murray is activated. Forget activated because you've got until November 8th to make that decision. All right, he's taking snaps from Yelda Froholt. Not to say that he's not doing it when we're not out there, but during the open portion, he has yet to take a snap from Yelda, and that would be the indication, the strongest indication that I think publicly we would ever get that Kyler is ready to go. Absolutely, I would agree on that. Unless this staff is playing chess when we're playing checkers and they're purposely waiting until they know that the media is not out there paying attention to that. Maybe I'm thinking too much into that. Potentially, but this would give, now, if it's this week, that's six practices total and two walkthroughs. Now, previous players coming off IR or NFI. Garrett Williams got nine practices, three walkthroughs. Zach Ertz got four weeks of practice time. That's a tight end and a cornerback. Again, the reason why I believe that Kyler needs more time is not the physical aspect. It's the fact that you're playing quarterback in a brand new system, and they're not going full speed out there on the practice field. And I get that, okay, at some point you're going to want to see Kyler Murray, and yes, he is going to play at some point this season. I just think we're still two weeks at minimum away. I understand that you are calling me the optimist for a reason by saying that there's a chance that Kyler comes back this week. Absolutely, I get that. This is also very different than someone like a Josh Dobbs in terms of the mental side where Kyler's at least been here the entire offseason. He's been in the meetings. He's been working with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing about what plays he likes and doesn't like, at least, at least from the meetings, right? And, and that's different when you go out and practice and you feel it and really feel what you like and don't like. I just I still think that similar to a Buddha Baker in terms of the the way that you are able to kind of bounce back and and pick up things quickly. We've talked about that a lot with Buddha. I I feel pretty similarly to Kyler that he is able to pick things up quickly. We've heard from his teammates that the first week of practice he was already making checks when he was out there. So I I understand why many people probably don't agree with me. I absolutely understand why when you're looking at while every injury and every rehab is different, while you're looking at the others and, and, and seeing a trend. That would make sense for three or four weeks for Kyler. I just, I, I feel like for some reason, there is still a chance that if he's ready, he's going to go and get out there. And it's a type of competitor that can see and play the game well enough and, and extend plays kind of on the fly to where he can go out there maybe not having a full grasp on the entire playbook, but at least enough for this specific week. Any other position, I'd be 100% behind you. It's just because it's the quarterback. You touch the ball every single snap. There is so much to process so quickly. Split seconds. And you've never done this, talking about Kyler, in this offense. If this was an offense that he had been a part of a year ago, if this had happened year two and he was coming back, then okay, maybe a little bit different story. But this is a brand new system, not so much a brand new personnel, but again, a new center, hasn't thrown to Michael Wilson. I just, I would prefer to see, again, I'm not going to see because we're just not going to see it during practice, but I would just prefer that when Kyler does return, he has everything 
that he needs to feel comfortable out there to the point where, okay, he can be successful, confident in what he wants to do on the football field and really what he needs to do on the football field to show maybe not himself but everyone else that, yeah, I'm QB1, I'm the franchise quarterback, no need to look anywhere else. He hasn't thrown to Michael Wilson. He's thrown to Rondell Moore, to Hollywood Brown, to Trey McBride, to Greg Dortch. You know, like there's parts of this offensive line that he has worked with before. So it's not entirely new receivers and pieces of this offense that he's having to create familiarity with. Um, I just, I think that the way that he handles himself and, and, Knowing the type of competitor he is and the type of season he's coming off of as well, I just I think he's going to go want to have something to prove. That's not to say you put him out there before he's ready either individually or from a team standpoint. I just to to a certain point, the speed at which he's practicing, you can only replicate that to to a certain degree from a game. Right, like getting those game reps in terms of like understanding and, and calling plays in this offense so quickly, that that that's all going to come from him getting time in a game. Just not this week, not this week's game. Why? So I can be wrong? No, I look. I would be very happy <laughs> if number one took the field on Sunday, just because one. You'd be right, and we would never hear the end of it, Thank which you. I'm fine with. Appreciate that. But then, like everyone else that's a Cardinals fan, you want to see Kyler Murray. Seven games in, I think we know what Josh Dobbs can and cannot do, and we've been waiting since December, basically since January. What does Kyler Murray look like in a brand new, something different, an offense, a more standard NFL offense? And I think that's what we're all waiting for. It just might have to wait a little bit longer. Let me ask you this. Because of what happened with Zach Ertz going on IR with that quad strain, coming off an ACL injury, seven games in, he's back on IR. Does that give you pause? Does that give the team pause? Okay, we really need to make sure, and that's probably more of a physical thing and can't protect from every injury, but does that give you pause? Okay, got another player coming off of ACL maybe we need to really make sure that Kyler is 110% before we send him back out there. No. First of all, I don't I don't know if the quad that put Ertz on IR is the quad of the same Fair leg enough. with his ACL. Um, second of all, you're not going to make a decision on one person's rehab based on another person's health. I, I just, I don't see them doing that. that. That, I mean, every person is just too specific and every injury and rehab is too specific I don't see them comparing apples to oranges now I asked you if we saw anything different this Wednesday versus last Wednesday and I failed to mention which I'm going to do right now there was something different someone different owner Michael Bidwell showed up at practice oh I did notice that came walking across the field and had a conversation with GM Monty Austinfort again I have no idea what the discussion was or why and Who's to say that Michael doesn't come out and watch practices when we're not out there? But it was noticed and different from a week ago. We will know on Saturday whether or not Kyler Murray's playing. So since the Cardinals have 21 days from last Wednesday, so a week ago from this recording, they have 21 days to activate him to the roster. That doesn't mean he's going to play on a game day. That just means he's on the roster. That is what will allow him to be active on game days. 
at the end of those 21 days, if you're not going to activate him, you put him on pup for the rest of the year. So if the Cardinals choose to wait until those final three weeks and they activate him, it's a good chance he'll be playing. There's also a chance that we don't know. Maybe that's just to protect themselves and he needs another week or two. However, if Arizona activates Kyler Murray this Saturday, significantly before that 21-day deadline, you would not be doing that if you did not have plans to have him suit up and run out onto the field Sunday. Yeah, it's a wasted roster spot if you're going to make him inactive. So uh, there, we, we will end this discussion agreeing on that point, and I will wait. Oh, it's about, what, 1 o'clock on a Saturday, Arizona time, when that potential press release comes. It does it always comes on Saturday because there's going to be at least a player that gets elevated or two players get elevated off the practice squad. Now, is there a third transaction on that press release? That's what we wait for. If that's the case, I don't just metaphorically want my flowers. <laughs> I physically want flowers brought to me to the radio booth on Sunday. On Sunday? Sure. Okay. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> Trying to think based off when I get to the stadium, when a flower shop might be open. Oh, forget that. I, I just said one o'clock on Saturday. That's plenty of time. There's all day Saturday afternoon. I'll. Syracuse plays on Thursday this week, so there's nothing going on. Now I'm mentally looking at my calendar on a Saturday and figure out, okay, can I get to a flower shop on I'll, Saturday I'll afternoon? I'll even take Monday morning at our department oh, Monday meeting. Morning. At our department meeting. You can walk them out to morning scramble when we're live on that show. You can hand me my flowers. Okay. Literally? Yes. And figuratively. <laughs> All right. By the way, a couple of other practice items. In addition to seeing owner Michael Bidwell on the practice field, we also saw Jalen Thompson. Antonio Hamilton and Zach Paschal. JT, Antonio, and Zach did not play last week, so that is good news on that front. In fact, we haven't seen JT for the past two weeks, so that is good news for the Cardinals. Chris Barnes, Elijah Wilkinson, and Kevin Strong not seen during the open portion of practice. And with Wilkinson dealing with that neck injury, he did not start last week at left guard. It was Tristan Colon who got the start, which I think – Maybe not too much of a surprise, but I was anticipating Dennis Daly at left guard versus Tristan Cologne just because it was Daly who got the reps with Wilkinson in Los Angeles. But there have been a number of different times I've been a little bit confused with some of the playing time, snap counts, who starts, who doesn't start. So a little bit unusual, and we'll see what happens this week. That's not just with the offensive I line. I mean, the the running backs by committee has looked vastly different week after week. You had Amari DiMercato had a great game two weeks ago when James Conner got hurt, and then DiMercato was MIA the following week, and it was heavily you know, run by Keontae Ingram and Damian Williams. Then this past week in Seattle, Keontae Ingram didn't get a single offensive snap. Damian Williams hardly all Amari DiMercato. That's partially part of the game plan of DiMercato is probably your best blocker, and when you have a banged-up offensive line, I'm sure that came into play. But it's just, right, safety Kayvon Wallace was playing 100% of the snaps for four or five games, and then Buda Baker comes back. Wallace doesn't play a snap, ends up getting cut. So it's not just the offensive line where the decision of who's playing and how many snaps they're getting is where those decisions are being changed week after week truly keeping us on our toes by the way the running back situation has anyone complained to you regarding fantasy football who might have been active and then they don't get a single snap because that was the discussion two weeks ago when everyone looked at DiMercato as being RB1 and that week it was Keontae getting all the carries and then just the reverse I don't play fantasy football as we've established here on Cardinals Cover 2 but that is something that 
angers some people every now and then. At this point, just put Rondell Moore in as your flex. <laughs> Wide receiver, running back, just put Rondell Moore in. Why not Josh Dobbs? Well, he'd have to go into the quarterback spot. Not you can't all, put I, a, I don't think you can always. Maybe you can in some leagues. Okay, again, this again, not a fantasy football player, but if you had. I think typically a flex is more a skill position. Can't be a quarterback. Right. Okay. Some leagues you can have two quarterbacks. This is good. I'm learning. I appreciate that. Learning here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You bring up Kayvon Wallace with Buda Baker back. By the way, Wallace earlier on Wednesday claimed off waivers from the Titans, so the Cardinals, even if they wanted to bring him back on the practice squad, unable to. So we wish Kayvon well because I thought, again, (laughs) one of those mysteries, one of those question marks, I thought Kayvon was playing well while he was here with the Cardinals. I agree. But again, Craig. It opens up a roster spot for Kyler Murray. We'll see. I'll say this. This team has not always filled all 53 roster spots each week. Don't they bring have me down. Gone, they have gone into games with just 52 or 51 and just maybe not has many active or inactive players listed. So just because there's an open roster spot doesn't mean it's going to get filled by Sunday. I'm not going to let you bring me down, Craig. Okay. I'm not looking to bring you down. I'm just stating a fact here you are the realist yes i am by the way how real was it to see buda baker back on the football field you like that transition that was great it was great to see buda back out there it doesn't look like he skipped a beat i mean he had he told the media before he was told it was likely a six to eight week recovery so of course knowing buda baker it only took him five because what else would you expect i knew you you know you have a feeling you know he's gonna go out and have a good game was warm-ups it was overcast about 53 degrees in Seattle Sunday. Not a lot of sun. And no rain. No rain, thankfully. But it was it was a little chilly. And so, and I'm not saying that as complaining, but I was in two coats. I had brought my rain jacket down to the field because I knew if I didn't, it would rain. So I brought it down to be safe. So I ended up putting that over my jacket. And I'm looking around the field, everyone warming up. Every coach or player is in at least a sweatshirt or sometimes a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Except for Buda Baker, who was warming up in shorts. Just Shorts. Shorts? Yes. No sleeves or anything, no pants, no t-shirt, no sweatshirt. And I was there wearing two jacks. I'm like, okay, yeah, Buddha's going to be just fine. But it was so interesting to see, to understand, which we've known what defensive coordinator Nick Rollis had said previously, that Baker is an eliminator. And you, you got that sense. It felt like, at least from the secondary, it felt a little more calm a little more organized of having Buddha out there. And of course you saw the plays that he's known for of he shows up out of nowhere and makes a tackle and gets a player out of bounds. And you're thinking, where did he just show up from? So it's, it's, it's good to have him back out there, not just from the leadership standpoint, but physically out on the field and, and the support he provides for the rest of the defense. Rookie cornerback Garrett Williams talked about it of having Buddha out there and, and helping him out with calls. Uh, linebacker Kaiser White talked about it early this week saying, with a smile on his face, I know if I miss a tackle, he's not getting far because Buda Baker's right behind me. He just he's he's an impact player, and it was great to have him back out there. And hopefully, Jalen Thompson joins him soon. I think what you said about the secondary being settled down is true because you look at the snap counts, and if JT does come back, and we see Garrett Williams more on the field and only got 26 snaps in his debut on Sunday, but Buda, Andre Sachere. Marco Wilson and Starling Thomas each played every defensive snap. And then we get news that Kayvon Wallace is no longer a part. Keetrell Clark doesn't even see a defensive snap. Didn't even play any snaps, offense, defense, or special teams. But if you now have Jalen Thompson back, 
you can maybe lessen the load on Andre Sachere, make him more of a role guy, and increase the snap count for Garrett Williams. And if they like what they saw out of Starling Thomas, another rookie, undrafted, who they claimed off waivers from the Lions, now all of a sudden you're not seeing that rotation on the back end. It's one thing to rotate defensive linemen. I think it's a little bit different if you can settle on corners, safeties, whether that's two and two or two and three, and you have that like an offensive line week in and week out because the communication on the back end is so important to where you want to make sure those pieces stay the same and not needing to keep moving guys around unless there's an injury, which obviously you have guys that can come in. But if you can maintain Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Garrett Williams, Marco Wilson, and then is that Starling Thomas? Don't know. Is that Antonio Hamilton? But at least four of those five, if you go with five DBs, they're going to be there each and every week. I would imagine the coaching staff feels the same way. It's just been out of their control with the amount of injuries you've had, with the amount of youth, the lack of experience they have in this secondary. I think part of the reason that you were starting Keetra Clark and then he started to see his snaps decrease and then didn't play at all in Seattle, I would imagine is less about Clark not doing something well enough and more about Starling Thomas, an undrafted rookie, just progressed well enough to where that was the best decision for the team. That's going to happen when you don't have a lot of veterans who have already proven themselves is you're going to have to be fluid in who's playing. And again, with the injuries, that's affected who they've had really at at the safety position. So I would imagine as they start to get healthy, the staff probably feels the same way you did of every reason you just mentioned. But I liked what I saw from Starling Thomas in that first game. I, I don't, nothing really stood out of me saying, thinking to myself, what are you doing, right? Just seemed completely lost. It didn't seem like he was far off from his receivers. Um, so I thought that overall that he he played pretty well. The touchdown that Thomas did give up, the Jake Bobo 18-yard touchdown catch, which I don't think was a catch, but it was ruled. I think that was one of the ones where it's just almost a miracle of, of everything that came together. I, I know when I asked Gannon about that of, was that the case or is it more the technique? And he said technique, which of course he's going to say is the coach. But I think that's just one of the plays where, I mean, you, you I don't know how much more you really could have done. And next-gen stats, stats back that up because according to them, that was the most improbable touchdown reception of the season. There was a less than 16% chance of a completion, and there was. And there was only 0.4 yards of target separation. I don't know how much more Thomas could have done. And really, it wasn't a catch because the foot was out of bounds no matter what replay saw or didn't see. But technique, I mean, could he have been turned a little bit differently or played the ball a little bit more? I don't know. But that was solid coverage by Starling Thomas. And that's the bright spot. I know that's one game. But to see a a good full game from Thomas – in the limited action we saw from Garrett Williams, who looked really good, and not just the interception, but overall has looked good. It, it's it's a bright spot, right? Of okay, like these younger players are starting to rely on are are doing pretty well, and and that was a great interception, by the way, for Williams right outside the end zone, becoming the first Cardinals rookie to have an interception in his first career game since Hall of Fame cornerback Aeneas Williams back in 1991, the season opener against the Rams. It's pretty good company. And he read the coverage as well and read the ball and was in the right spot to make the interception. By the way, Pro Football Reference had Geno Smith's pass rating when targeting Williams at 2.8. 
Wow. I hadn't seen that. So, that again, that's just with some of these metrics, pro football focus, pro football reference, next-gen stats. It's a, it's a great tool, and I use it when it kind of benefits what I saw versus like an offensive lineman grade. Right. I mean, I... Paris Johnson struggled on Sunday, okay? But then there have been other weeks where he's been outstanding and maybe doesn't get a high grade. And you're like, okay, well, what did you see? What was his assignment? We have no idea. You have to take it all with a grain of salt. It's a guess, but when it helps you back up what you believe happened based off what you saw, you're like, okay. He was targeted three times, allowed one catch for five yards, had the interception, and Geno Smith's passer rating was 2.8. I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Williams for the rest of the season and in the future. This is somebody who spent majority of his college career at Syracuse. Uh, as wait, a, wait, wait, wait. Time out. <coughs> the second best journalism school. <coughs> spent most of his time well, Okay, at, time Craig, out. Craig, I'm talking. That was rude to interrupt. <laughs> but I... I, <laughs> I have to interrupt when you say false statements here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud Partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Second best? I, you're right. I don't want to upset Dave Pash. Good point. There's a lot of Syracuse <laughs> alums in this building, Danny. You say second best. Dare I even ask what the first is? Mizzou. Yeah, I knew that was good. I, I, I opened that door for you. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Garrett Williams spent most of his career at Syracuse outside. So the fact that he's made this transition inside and from what we've seen when we're out at practice, really working just with the safeties, is that just as a way to get him more comfortable as to just kind of get him some more snaps? If you're going to play Starling Thomas outside and completely take over for Keetrell Clark, is that what the goal is for Garrett Williams? Or is, is this the plan that they had all along that they want is to have him more as that slot corner? It's going to be interesting to see if and how his snaps kind of deviate of where he is out on the field moving forward. And according to Gannon, that slot corner, it's a starting position in his eyes. So you have someone that can play inside, maybe a little of the back end as far as a safety, and then perhaps an outside corner later on in his career. Or they just feel that he is a slot cornerback, which in this defense, you're going to be on the football field 100% of the time. Yeah, so it's just going to be interesting to see moving forward. We only have one game to look at, right, with with those numbers. So moving forward, it'll be interesting to see. And this this week is definitely going to be a, an interesting matchup for the secondary when you've got the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. By the way, what Garrett Williams was able to do, you had the pleasure of speaking to him earlier this week on Sideline Exchange. How'd that go? Great. He's, Would you expect anything less from, from someone <laughs> who went to Syracuse of University? Of course not. Okay. No, this was actually, uh, talking to him, we realized it's the first real interview that Garrett Williams has done just because he's been rehabbing that ACL for a year, so he hasn't been out on the field really doing much. Um, he was great. He was very grounded when I started off the interview asking about assessing his NFL debut talking about his play he didn't even mention the interception I was like you can have a bit of a humble brag to have an interception in your first game he was really great just talking about what he has overcome to get to this point um, what he's learned what he's still trying to work on and we talked of course about Lamar Jackson so that's all in this week's sideline exchange which will be out Thursday afternoon a lot of people who attend Syracuse University have that humility amongst them they sure do Craig (laughs) 
By the way, Garrett Williams will also be this week's Big Red Rage guest at Trophy in Chandler. So a lot of Garrett Williams this week, and my guess is it's just going to continue week in and week out because that's what you expect from someone who went to Syracuse University. Sure is, Craig. I'm just going to keep it short. By the way, let's go back to our conversation about Kyler Murray because this might change things and might be something that benefits you, Danny. Wednesday's injury report. Oh, I haven't seen this yet. Lists Kyler Murray as a full participant. Whoa! Interesting. I might be the smartest one in the room. So Kyler Murray limited all of last week. Now this week, is he a full participant Thursday, Friday? Do we see Kyler Murray play not not only just play but do we see k1 start sunday against lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens if i'm right i'm taking the rest of the year off who who was that that said that about the diamondbacks that if they won the final two games mad dog russo that he was going to retire yeah that's me you can clip this off omo if i'm right about kyler murray returning this sunday i'm retiring did not expect k1 to be a full participant wow in just a week just a week, he goes from limited to full. That's crazy. Okay. Well, we'll have to now monitor this, and I might have to be looking for flower shops that are open on Saturdays. Heck yeah, you are. Okay. Boy. That completely turned my day. Not that I was having a bad day, not like turned my day around, but hearing that news about Kyler Murray that I could be right really is just, making this a great day. But just speaking with me here on Wednesdays. That makes it two, a good day. A, a good day. Okay. Craig Rio, Luke, Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Okay. Well, that just changes things dramatically. Now everyone's going to be waiting for Thursday's injury report and Friday's as well. But yeah, the news on Wednesday. Kyler Murray, a full participant. What kind of flowers do you like? Certain roses, tulips? I pretty much like everything except lilies. No lilies. No lilies. I write that down. <laughs> he is writing this down. No. Let Darren know. Don't lilies. don't do this all by yourself. You got to make sure Darren goes in with you. Okay. Kyler Murray, full participant. Our worst fears might be realized. Not with Kyler Murray returning, just with. No, this would not be good if you're going to announce your retirement. That we lose you. Fine, I renounce my oh, okay. retirement. All right. My retirement. Your retirement. Okay. I'll stick around. Just so I can constantly tell you guys I was right. That would be well worth it and something that you probably should do. So, all right, we'll see what happens the rest of the week here. Interesting things happening on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, and we will put a lid on this edition. Special thanks to everyone behind the scenes, our executive producer, Jim Almondro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.